This podcast contains our own personal views not associated with any organisation. Cronial contains descriptions of death in quests that may be graphic and disturbing to some listeners. Discretion is advised. All three skydivers lived in Mission Beach and were well known to the area. The APF concluded that Peter and Kerry collided with Toby as Toby's main parachute was prematurely deploying. Part of the job of a camera fly is to get close to the tandem pair. Mm. Which is exactly what Toby did, right? Exactly. There was a reason he was so close to them, but he shouldn't necessarily have been directly underneath. It was unanimously acknowledged by all of the witnesses that Toby was professional and safety conscious when it came to parachuting. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Coronial. My name is Emma. I'm Alice. And I'm Georgie. So next we're going to have a closer look into the circumstances of the deaths. The coroner mainly focused on Toby including his flying position at the time of the accident and his parachute and rig. So we're going to be looking more at Toby than the tandem pair. As there was no video footage of the actual collision and there was also no reliable witnesses of the collision that saw it, you know, up close or anything like that, the coroner considered the evidence of a number of experts in order to make findings on the specific circumstances So there were things like the GoPro footage and the different altimeters and other pieces of data and evidence like the parachutes and things like that to sort of piece together the most likely sequences of events. Can I quickly just stop you there? You said a number of expert witnesses. How independent do you think that these expert witnesses were based on like it being a small population of people doing it? Toby and Peter being like such exceptionally high number of jumps that makes me think that they're probably... Oh, on a that lot of higher them. level of mm. people. And so, yeah, I imagine they were all no, colleagues. By yeah. the sounds of it, like some of them knew Toby personally. Yeah. And you can't, you know, when you're all at that number of jumps together, yeah. I don't think you could not know of each other in yeah. a roundabout way. No, that's but yeah, right. Sorry, I just I totally sometimes agree. like they try to pull out, you know, an entirely independent mm. expert that's unrelated. And I just don't think they could in this situation. Yeah, I don't think I so mean, either. they potentially could bring over like overseas yeah, true. Experts but like, and things like that, but that's a lot of expense. Hmm. I don't think that was necessary, necessary for this. I think if there were more contentious elements, then maybe, but yeah, it's not yeah, particularly contentious. So. But I didn't actually count the number of expert witnesses that they had, but there were quite a few. Mm. Oh, yeah. I stopped caring what their name was after a while. So yeah, it's just like yeah, another yeah. parachutist. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking, I do it the first part at least, I'll talk through the different expert views on the same set of issues. Okay. Okay. Just because there were some that were not exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely. So as I just mentioned, using all the different pieces of information, the expert witnesses concluded that there was a mid-air collision between the parachutists approximately, and our numbers are different here, (laughs) approximately 47 seconds into the jump and yours is like 36.2. Yeah, that's where the GoPro footage stopped, um, but it was the GoPro footage... See, mine... Surely uh, it didn't start after they jumped. You don't just, like, turn it on after. I wouldn't think so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay, that's all right. Well, here it's approximately 47 seconds into the jump, which was the time at which the GoPro footage shut down. (laughs) Interesting. So... (laughs) It may be a difference in the inquest, and look, 
That's possible. fine. That is completely Whatever. possible. Taking into the account the conclusions of the expert witnesses, the coroner found that there was a mid-air collision between the skydivers and they died instantly as a result of the injury sustained by them. So that was the overall finding. Yeah. Yeah. So there were two issues examined by the coroner in relation to Toby's flying position. The first was the orientation of his body relative to the ground. So Alice already mentioned whether he was flying in the typical skydiving position with his belly towards the earth or in some other orientation. And this is important as parachutes, as you would well be aware, are worn on skydivers' backs. So when they are deployed in the belly to earth position, the parachute goes above the skydiver and they sort of fall and the parachute catches them. Yep. However, if a diver is in a different orientation, then the parachute can deploy under the diver, but because of gravity, the diver then can fall through the parachute. Right. I just hmm. assumed that it would flip them over. Uh-uh. Yeah, right. Yeah, it comes out and they fall into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently. That's not ideal. The second issue that was explored was Toby's flying position relative to the tandem divers, so how far away he was flying from them and whether he was above them or underneath them or, like, where he was relative to them. Yeah. So I'll go through each of these issues in parallel as they are obviously directly relevant to each other. So looking at the first expert witness, they formed the opinion that Toby was flying with his back towards the earth or partially back towards the earth when the main parachute deployed. He also concluded that Toby was directly below the tandem pair, facing upwards towards them, possibly to watch their deployment. So that basically the tandem pair were facing down in the belly to earth position and he was looking straight back up at them. Yeah, he was potentially doing that from a professional point of trying to figure out how they were deploying their parachute. They don't know. It's all theorising if this is actually what happened first of but all. But, like, there yeah. wasn't evidence that Kerry was going on to be a more professional or no, frequent skydiver. No, it was this just was a, a birthday present. Yeah, okay. And she knew Peter, so she decided yeah. to do it with him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no one went into, like, this was standard process to watch it, Yeah, someone. he wasn't yeah. doing it like an instructor no. perspective. No. Okay, no. sorry. And, again, we don't actually know if that's what he was doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. <laughs> this is all just He could have just been yeah. waving. But could you have – I don't know how quickly you could, like, turn over. Could something have happened to them – that caused him to look up. Protect. Yeah. yeah. No, we don't yeah. know. But I don't know how quickly, and I, I assume there's not a lot of noise that you're hearing. No, there wouldn't be. So you wouldn't be, have no. been able to know what they were doing if they were above you. Yeah, anyway. and like even the GoPro footage, you can't hear anything. Yeah. So in this, again, theoretical case that these skydivers were facing each other, so to speak, as they were falling, Toby would have still been descending as the parachute was unfurling, so he would have been going in an upwards direction relative to the tandem pair who had not deployed their parachute. Yeah, yep. because he was falling at a slower, a slower velocity than yep. yes. they were. Yep. Correct. So this expert came to the conclusion that Toby was directly below the tandem divers based on their injuries and the damage to the main parachute that suggested they made contact with each other, with the parachute between them. Yeah. So the only possible explanation for that type of contact would be that Toby was directly below them. So basically he's on his back, the parachute's unfurled below him, he's fallen through the parachute, so the parachute's gone above him, those divers are travelling faster, and they've, they've fallen yeah, on top of the flattered. parachute and he's below it. He's yeah. below it. Which also makes you think they probably didn't actually see no, Each no, other. they. I don't no. think like they, they would have seen the parachute, yeah. but they wouldn't have actually yeah. seen 
But they would have known that they were going to collide. Well, not well, for, for a very yeah, for a very mm, brief second, at least. But, but also, he's always going to be vertically below the parachute. Yeah, but I assume the parachute's big. Like, yeah, yeah, they went through the center of it though. So that's the opinion of the first expert. one of the experts. Yeah. So the second expert explained that in the back to earth position, a diver's pack is being exposed to more force and wind than it usually would be in the belly to earth position. Obviously, because it's breaking yeah. the wind directly. So any defect or looseness in the pack is more likely to cause the pack to deploy. So he explained that this is also the case if the diver is in the vertical position as well. So if they're flying either oh, feet yeah. down or head down, right. then there's also more wind pressure. I can't yeah, imagine pack. anything more terrifying than Me flying face down or head down. <laughs> yeah. So any jumping of the out of the plane really, in the first but place. being vertical also sounds really terrible, yeah. both head first and feet first. Mm. Yeah. So this witness concluded that it was not possible to determine Toby's position immediately before the deployment of the parachute, but concluded that the early deployment of the parachute was more likely to occur in either the back-to-earth or vertical position. So he couldn't say conclusively. And I think, does that matter particularly? Either way, he was not in the standard belly-to-earth position. Mm. It doesn't, but in terms of, again, what we were talking about, like why was he doing trying that? to interact with them potentially if he was in the back like, it's that more, like, why than it is, like, the factual Yeah. Findings. Yes and no, but, like, how easy would it have been to determine that they were directly above him either? Like, in that period of time, he's done his relative work with them mm-hmm. and then he's moved away and he has ended up below them because they're going slightly slower because of their drogue. How easy would it have been to determine that he was directly below them? I think it was mainly the damage to it was the, the parachute. Damage to the parachute. That- no, 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 no. For him, while he was doing oh, it. Oh, yes. How, yeah, he like, may not, yeah. You know, I just, I can see that that actually could have happened quite accidentally. Mm. Yeah, maybe that is why he was in the back to earth position because he was like, oh, I better Shit, check where, did where they, they, they are yeah. Yeah. so that I'm far enough away from them. But in the process of doing that, it his, caused his parachute, parachute to come out. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. think when if you're working that close to together. Position, we don't know that. Yeah. We don't actually know that that. Or he was just vertically having a good time and then didn't realise he was below them because, yeah, yeah, you're free-falling at hundreds of kilometres an hour and you've just interacted with them. But I can also see why, therefore, there should be lots of regulations about once you then stop working together, you need to get as far horizontally apart as you can so that that's less likely to occur. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the general consensus way that you do it. Yeah, yeah, you do the relative work pretty quickly and then you get away. away. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't figure out how you actually got it moved away from each other, though. Do you just, like, push off from them, or...? I honestly don't know how skydiving works. I've seen, like, (laughs) footage of skydiving, and when they, like, come together and then they go away... When they let go, though, they kind of just go... Yeah, I think... And I don't know how. There must be some sort of force on them. Or movements once you have learnt enough skill to know if you lift your right leg... It's going to yeah, I'm just move picturing you in someone like said swimming. Yeah, yeah, I was like, going to say it's probably not, not different to like kneeboarding or wakeboarding or whatever yeah. in terms of, you know, you're manipulating the water in a certain way to move. Yeah. It's the same. I'm sure it's a similar concept. You move your weight a certain way and mm. it's going to move you through the air in a certain way. So the rest of the witnesses concluded that Toby was also flying directly below the tandem divers before the main parachute deployed. That was yeah. fairly mm. unanimous among the expert witnesses. 
So the next thing that the coroner explored was whether Toby's position underneath the tandem divers was intentional or not. So there's an industry standard that one diver should not fly directly under another. And because of Toby's extensive experience, it is likely that he would have been very aware of this requirement. So a number of the experts theorized why and how Toby would come to be flying underneath the tandem divers. All of them agree that it is possible when maneuvering into a different position that a diver might inadvertently find themselves underneath another diver. Practice would be then to move out of that position straight away as soon as you realize that you were doing it. And some of them even mentioned that they found themselves in that position before as well. Yeah, I just think that it probably isn't that difficult. Uncommon. Yeah. No. When you're working closely with other people. And when you're doing that many dives a day as well. True. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's unanimous amongst the experts that it is possible to accidentally end up flying under another diver. Those who knew Toby or of his experience noted that he would have not intentionally flown underneath the tandem divers. Yeah. So again, that that takes out the theory of him just wanting to look at them or wanting to just watch them. But for me, that comes back to that. Like, so yeah, it can inadvertently happen, but yeah, we haven't clearly like based on this inquest, it hasn't happened so many times before that they're like yeah that happens and these things yeah Mm. and so just that split second stuff for me is still just well even from this inquest we do find that yeah divers do accidentally find themselves flying underneath other divers like that doesn't seem to be an uncommon but their parachute doesn't accidentally deploy at the same time yes that's correct yeah sorry that was the bit that i was getting out of like yeah so it happens not uncommonly and yet we don't end up with collision accidents frequently that's right So based on all of that evidence, the coroner found that Toby was likely positioned below the tandem pair right before the accident and that this positioning was accidental and inadvertent. He did not make a formal finding on Toby's orientation, but did state it was more probable than not that Toby was either in the back to earth or vertical position, although it could not be concluded which one. They made a lot of fuss over it and I'm like, does it really matter? The outcome probably would have I think, like, just people who are very factually minded, which coroners are. Yeah. It's probably like, I would like to know. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. The parachute accidentally deployed no No. matter which orientation he was in. I think, and also back to Earth, there's probably more force on the container. On the container, So there's probably, like, slight differences. But at the end of the day, he was not in the typical flying. The forces were enough that that it deployed. Mm Mm-hmm. So the next issue that the coroner considered was the deployment of the parachutes. So in relation to the tandem pairs parachutes, talk about that quickly first. Yeah. The coroner concluded that from the evidence that both the drogue and the reserve parachutes deployed correctly. That's good. Yeah, because the, yeah, yeah. the reserve was only because of the AAD. Yeah, like, the reserve was triggered by the AAD once yeah. they reached the requisite height and then the drogue was... Yeah early on yes and you say correctly but the reserve should only ever be triggered in an emergency situation yes so it's there as your backup ideally it shouldn't have to be deployed in the first place but it yeah yeah and it it did the right thing deployed as it should Should have have. yeah circumstances because it was triggered so that's all good their main parachute was not deployed due to the fatal injuries sustained by peter before he was able to deploy it yep an inspection of their equipment did not reveal any issues and it all appeared to be in good working order. And that's because there's such rigorous regulations around how all that stuff's packed for tandem Correct. dives because mm. it's an organisation and it's working. Yeah. Yes. And you've got inexperienced people. Well, I mean, obviously the, the instructor is experienced, but, yeah. but you've also got, not. Yeah. You've got civilians, so to yeah. speak, yeah. Yeah. diving as well. It's not just people who are doing this every day. Mm. 
So onto Toby's parachute. He was using his own personal equipment to undertake his jump and was jumping a free of charge jump because there was extra space on the plane that day. So prior to the accident, which occurred on the 13th of October 2017, Toby had undertaken solo jumps on the 9th, 10th and 13th of June that year. So what's that? A few months before. Four months Mm. before. There was no evidence to suggest that Toby was using different equipment to the equipment that he'd used in the fatal jump on those occasions. Between 24 September 2017 and the date of the fatal jump, which was a period of about 14 days, Records show that Toby jumped seven times. Each of those jumps, except the last one, were tandem jumps. So he was using different equipment. Yep. Equipment, And he was... Which was mandatorily required by the organisation he worked for, right? Presumably yeah. if you're doing a tandem I jump, think so. you it have has to, to be, be using... by there. Yep. Yeah. And he would have been doing those jumps as part of his job as yeah. an instructor. Versus his own solo dive. Yeah, that's right. When you go back to the... Like, they did try to interrogate jump logs because oh, every diver yeah. does need to record every jump that they make as mm-hmm. per the APF regulations. Yeah. But unfortunately there were both him and Peter were using electronic logs. That's right. And the coroner yeah. wasn't able to access them yeah. due to various regulations, but they only required a minimum amount Which of information. Which seems really redundant, the, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like it, well, just the, the date. Having it. Yeah. They required the minimum type of descent and I'm like what from a plane. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Not face um, jumping. I assume type of descent is like solo versus tandem. Yeah. But also I was just like that could the be sky, the date, the location, and the exit height. And I don't right. – like for me, I'm like why are those four things necessary? Like what's the importance of those four items? When you're starting out, they kind of implied that you might record the parachute you use and mm-hmm. – more information, or but even because like the wind speed or like environmental factors. But if yeah. you're jumping five or six times a day, nah, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. recording so, so that, that every single time. That's what they said because Peter and Toby had jumped so thousands times. of times. Yeah. They would have recorded those four minimum as per the requirement for the regulation. Mm. Which again, if you're using an electronic app, I'm sure you just literally like repeat from last time, repeat mm. from last time because yeah, it is all the of their jumps were the same because they're working. Yeah. yeah, except for obviously the solo sports jump. But because they couldn't interrogate and because the information of what parachute he was likely using couldn't Mm. be determined, the coroner essentially was like, we didn't bother trying to get the jump Mm. logs because they wouldn't have told us enough. They wouldn't have given us anything. Yeah. But that he had been jumping at that particular location, that particular drop zone, since the December 2016. So they think that he probably had been using that same parachute that whole time. Yeah. Mm. Whenever he'd done solo jumps. Yeah. Yeah. But we just don't know how many solo jumps he necessarily did in that period of time no but we do think that the last solo jump that he did was in june so yeah it was on the 13th of june so exactly four months it sounds like then he wasn't doing a lot of solo jumps no not in comparison he was doing a lot more tandem yeah which makes sense i mean that's his employment his employment Yeah. yeah yeah so turning to the likely order of events of the deployments the coroner pieced together the most likely sequences of events based on the evidence provided including from the experts so i'm not going to cover the views of all the witnesses because they're pretty much the same i'll just go through like the most likely scenarios that the coroner sort of stuck to so as alice has already mentioned toby jumped out of the plane 1.2 seconds after peter and kerry there was a plan to undertake relative work between the parachutists. 
As already discussed, it is more likely than not that Toby descended vertically below the tandem pair and that he was either in the back-to-earth or vertical position, which would have changed the forces on his rig. This change in forces caused the deployment of Toby's parachute. There was some discrepancy between the experts on the exact sequence of deployment, but the coroner found that Toby's main parachute prematurely deployed at the precise moment he was directly below the tandem pair, causing the collision. Yeah. Toby's reserve parachute then opened as a result of the collision, probably due to the reserve handle being dislodged when the tandem pair came through and collided. Yep. This finding was based on the GoPro footage in which there is a reflection in Peter's sunglasses, which showed red across the middle of his sunglasses, which is possibly the early stages of deployment of Toby's main parachute, which was red. There was also a white dot in the sunglasses prior to the red image, which some experts suggested could have been the reserve parachute deploying out of sequence. However, it was more likely a reflection of Toby himself. Oh, okay. In the sunglasses. Yeah, right. So the damage to the rig and main parachute also indicate that the parachute deployed first. The tandem pair fell through the parachute, which damaged the reserve handle and caused the reserve parachute to deploy, which you guys corrected me before. So thank you. <laughs> I did have it. Correct. <laughs> you got that. You got that. <laughs> but again, just the chances of it accidentally. Yeah. And look, it helped him not fall to the earth quite so quickly. So like could have been worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the chances of the reserve getting pulled, mm. that also to me just seems insanely unlikely but i feel like but it would have been unlikely anyway. yes but with the amount anyway. of force yes that they collided yeah, with yeah. you wouldn't normally have that level of force, force and so i can involved. understand why it did but yeah yeah and i mean the reserve parachute didn't have any impact on anything no but it helped slow him yeah i mean but it would have been triggered anyway no he didn't have an aad so oh, wouldn't he? he no he didn't ah. so he would not have been triggered otherwise so he would have just he would fallen have to the ground yeah. Yep. yeah 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 potentially injured someone else yeah, that in is. that process. Yeah, because of the velocity of it. Yeah. yeah. So although all of this is happening, it's also important to know that all of this happened like within a matter of seconds. Yeah. It was a very quick sequence of events, yeah. so it wasn't. And that's what made it so hard to determine exactly what exactly. happened. Exactly. Right? So next, turning to the compatibility of the parachute and the main container. So the coroner went through whether the parachute was too small for the container and whether this caused the premature deployment of the main parachute. So a parachute that's too small for a container means there's lack of sufficient tension in the container and the closing loop, which may cause failure. So according to the witnesses, downsizing the size of a main parachute to a smaller and therefore smaller chute is common among skydivers as they gain more experience. So obviously it's one of those things where they start with a bigger parachute and as they get more experience, they move on to a smaller parachute and I think that's because it makes you go faster. Fair. Yeah, that so if you want to go faster, yep. then you have a smaller parachute. Yeah, is yep. there a comfort thing? Is there a control thing? Yeah. So Toby was using a racer brand container. The manufacturer's recommendations warned that packing the wrong size canopy which is the same as a parachute, into the racer could increase the likelihood of a premature pack opening if the canopy is too small. Guidelines were provided regarding the cubic inches required for a specific container and which size container should be used for a specific canopy. So Toby was using a Velocity 90 parachute. The guidelines for this parachute noted that it's important to ensure that the bag is the right size for the canopy and the right size and shape of the container that has been used. 
The minimum volume for Toby's racer container was 135. I'm assuming that's cubic inches, but they didn't actually specify the metric measurements. Excellent. Um, I think mine talked about square feet. Square oh. feet, but that's, that, oh, but that's 135 different. is not correct for square feet. Oh, I'm thinking about the parachute. Yeah, that's not the right, container. Yeah. yeah, no, this is the container yep. size. <laughs> I, I think it's, the container is the size of the, the parachute. parachute. I think it's the, I would say inches. Sure. <laughs> it's probably more the case, but yeah, they didn't specify the unit of measurement. This becomes relevant to mine as well, though, because okay. it just makes it so much more complex when yeah. you're trying to figure out how to pair them. Yeah, so yes. the container was 135, yeah. we assume cubic inches. And the Velocity 90 packed up like a 107. Yeah, which is what you mentioned, yeah. Yep. Yeah, meaning it was smaller than the minimum size of the container. Yeah. So apparently experienced skydivers would be able to tell when their pack is too loose. Various experts were asked to handle and examine Toby's rig for the inquest. So they actually went and like packed up the actual parachute, etc. So it wasn't so damaged that they couldn't repack it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So while all agreed that there were many variables in how a diver may pack their pack, which may impact the size of the pack within the container, roll it a slightly different way and it's going to be slightly oh, yeah, okay. larger yeah. or smaller, most agreed that there was more room within Toby's pack than they would ordinarily be comfortable with. One of the witnesses explained that there are three elements that when combined make the parachute secure within the container. The most important of these elements is the tension closing loop or the tension of the closing loop. Again, they didn't go through exactly what this is, but this is just what I imagine it is. I imagine it's like a length of cord which loops around like a pin. Yeah. Like you think of like on a backpack when you sort of close the flap and it closes and you sort of loop the cord around the pin to close the pack. And if the pack's not full enough, then there's not as much tension on that closing loop. Yeah. And then obviously if it's too full, then you just can't close it. Yeah. Yep. So I assume that's sort of what it's like. So in this case, they're saying that. The and there's essentially an optimal middle ground there of how loose Correct. you want it to be because you need it, it to can deploy. get picked up by yeah. the wind if it's too loose. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, as you said, if it's too tight, it won't deploy because it doesn't have enough movement to actually loosen the pin. Yeah. So essentially, what everyone else took from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I came to as well. So there was a discrepancy amongst the experts as to whether there was enough tension on the closing loop of Toby's pack. Some conclusively said the loop was too loose and others said that they could not come to a conclusion based off of the evidence. Yeah, and I think that goes to show that like, clearly Toby was very experienced mm-hmm. but was still comfortable with the tension that was there. That's right. And so clearly there are multiple schools of thought as to what is appropriate yeah and we come down to personal yeah not everyone's correct or not sorry not everyone would make the same decision yeah so on the evidence the coroner found that toby's parachute was undersized for the container and outside of the manufacturer's recommendations so that's what he found yep So the coroner found that while Toby was in a back-to-earth or vertical position, the additional wind on his pack caused an out-of-sequence premature deployment of Toby's main parachute because the main canopy was too small for the container, resulting in a lack of tension to the closing loop, causing the opening of the pin cover deploying the main parachute. Which just happened to be at the time that he was inadvertently below the tandem (laughs) pair, which I just still like... Yeah, yeah, the coincidence yeah. involved there. Yeah. That is, yeah. 
and exactly underneath. Yeah. And you think about flying through the air, like to be yeah. lined up. That's, yeah. That's a lot. It's a pretty unlikely event to happen. So the final thing that I'm going to touch on now is whether Toby had any knowledge of the incompatibility of yeah. his container and parachute, because that's obviously something that the coroner went through. So the Certificate A training guide, which is the very first training certificate that a skydiver gets. So the specific Certificate A training guide that was in place at the time of the accident states that care must be taken to ensure all parts are compatible. It also recommends that when considering a particular container, a buyer should go to the manufacturer's website to check the sizing chart to make sure that it's suitable for the canopy. So Toby had obtained his Certificate F, which is the highest rating. So as such, he likely obtained his Certificate A prior to these guidelines being introduced because uh, he would have done that over, like, however long like ago. Like 7,600 yeah, jumps exactly, ago. Exactly right. So multiple witnesses were of the opinion that due to his seniority, Toby would have been aware of the importance of compatibility. An experienced person would know if there was an issue with their pack by feeling and looking at it, which again yeah. makes it hard because Toby may have just thought there was nothing wrong with his pack because he felt and looked at it yeah. he felt and had used it before and yep. everything had been fine. Yeah. But there were also multiple people that said if they'd felt it and packed it, they, like some expert witnesses said if they felt it and packed it, yeah, they, they would have been comfortable with yeah. it as well. So, Well, they said they couldn't make a determination. Sorry. Yeah, fair. Yeah. They may not have Based necessarily so we can't skydived with it. That. Yeah, okay. But we can't also not say that. Yeah. And then they sort of talked about the notion of normalisation of deviance which I thought was an interesting one, basically, where you do something so many times and even though you know that it's maybe a little bit out of the recommendations you or get the away with it because yeah. it's worked because it's, yeah, yeah. every single time beforehand, you get a bit more comfortable with it and you yeah. can get a little bit more, I guess, loose yeah. with your actions, yeah. which we're all guilty of. Everyone yeah. does that. Yeah. Like, we push boundaries. Absolutely. If your car's still working even though a light's on, Oh my god! Yeah, keep on going. You keep on going until your engine finally gives out, and then you're like, "I probably should have, should have followed that emergency engine warning." Yeah, the first time, but I didn't because I got away with it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So same sort of thing, right? Like it is a very human behavior to do. Obviously, they're talking about this in the context of Toby, and not to say that that was necessarily the case here. Yeah, but it certainly is a potential, right? Exactly. I mean, look, the coroner did find that. The parachute was undersized for the container. I don't yeah. think that's a discrepancy at all. But mm. yeah, it was a little bit of an interesting talk about that, which was. I think that's I just, fair. Like, yeah. I think that very much could be the case. Like, you get away with it, or like he, you know, maybe he thought it was on the cusp, didn't necessarily go back and look at the manufacturer's recommendations. Yeah. Thought, nah, this is probably fine. Tried mm-hmm. it out. It was. But yeah, he had to have been in that particular mm-hmm. position with that particular yeah. wind force. Mm hmm. For that to have happened. And again, if it had happened and he wasn't directly below someone, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm. Yeah. And so there's the other thing of like, I guess he would have known if he'd accidentally deployed in a previous time. Oh, he would have known. Of course he would Yeah. Have. And so presumably yeah. that hadn't happened in the past. No. But also, like, if it accidentally deploys, will you just slow down faster and, mm. you know. You have less free fall, but you're still making it to the ground. Okay? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. And so like the consequence of it accidentally deploying... In I would an have ordinary sense. For most yeah. jumps yeah. wouldn't have been as catastrophic. No. So, no, that's right. Yeah. 
So the coroner concluded that Toby would have been aware with potential issues concerning compatibility and that he made an error in judgment regarding the appropriateness of his main parachute with the container that he was using. So he did make those findings, but again... There was no way that he could have foreseen exactly that what yeah this you wouldn't yeah as you said like the general consequences of this would be you just have a bit of a bunged up dive where your parachute deploys too early and you're just taken forever you yeah have to get to the ground you get less free fall time than yeah. you usually would that would be the general consequence of this kind of thing yeah not in this case obviously but yeah, yeah. it's just nothing anyone would have foreseen I don't think no yeah. That would have been the ideal time to pick up on the closing pin change of pressure. A lot of the expert witnesses, when they were reading these operational regulations, had some varied understandings of what they actually meant or how to interpret those points. So, like, I can understand why Toby wasn't able to necessarily figure out whether his pack was compatible. And that there's no regulation or requirement to notify the drop zone safety officer of like if they've downsized or changed their equipment anyway in that canopy. Kerry's family actually requested that solo sports divers be prohibited from undertaking relative work with tandem skydivers. You just don't want to get to a point where this becomes inaccessible. I mean, it's probably quite an accessible sport anyway, but like it just becomes too overly regulated that people aren't going to want to do it. 